Liz Rao definitely has a quirky sense of humor. She's an author and now a podcast host. But recently, she's undergone a major change in her life. VSG Bariatric Surgery. Now she's on a journey to discover health and happiness. Join her as she navigates this new world. This is Life with Liz. Today's podcast is brought to you by Spellbound, Secret Spells and Tales by Liz Rao, narrated by Abigail Rakasi. Only one year after moving to Salem, Sarah feels like she has everything she's ever wanted. A handsome husband, a witchy best friend, and a family made up of incredible people, her own business, and finally, she now knows her heritage. After meeting Doraya and discovering her gypsy lineage, Sarah was shocked to discover her own link to the infamous Salem witch trials. But as it turns out, she isn't the only one with unknown connections to the town's most notorious moment in time. Now available on Audible, and where all audiobooks are sold, paperback on Amazon Prime, and on Kindle, Nook, iBooks, and more. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. As you know, I was recently in Mexico, um, splurged, really lived while I was in Mall, and enjoyed my time. I gained half a pound while I was in Mexico, so um, I thought for sure it was going to be worse, but you know, we did a lot of physical activity. We booked excursions, we went to Chichen Itza, we went ziplining and climbed like 9,000 stairs worth of uh, platforms to do the ziplining, which is not easy on your knees. And the one thing I will say is when you lose a lot of weight, you have to go to a chiropractor because your body is so used to carrying so much weight on it that your alignment really shifts the more you lose weight. And I've been doing yoga every morning and every evening to kind of help stretch out my body, really elongate my muscles, um, help release some of that tension. But I've noticed in my knee, I have a lot of pain, which I never had 63 pounds ago. So part of that was alignment. So I had to go get adjusted. So if you have weird body aches and pains, which I think many of us do because I see it a lot on Instagram or on Facebook boards, try going to a chiropractor because your body is going to be laying different. When you're, I like to sleep on my side or my stomach. Well, everything's now aligned differently because I'm not sleeping on um, such a big belly. My thighs aren't as big. So when I sleep on my side, my knees hit at a different angle, which kind of makes my hips hurt a little. It's all about alignment and your body just getting used to its new shape. And as you develop muscle, that will help strengthen your alignment. But just pro tip for me and you, go to a chiropractor. Um, anyway, <laughs> I take this. I gained half a pound. And I'm pleased to say that not only have I lost that half a pound in the last week, I've actually lost three pounds. So half a pound of vacation weight, two and a half pounds of actual weight. And I've entered in a new decade, as we like to call it in the bariatric industry. And I'm five pounds, five pounds away from my doctor's goal nine months in. So I have three more months to like hit this goal. I think I will hit it maybe even a little then some. But here's what I want to say. I'm actually very comfortable with the size I'm at now. Um, I had this like jean size in my head and this weight size in my head. And to be honest, I, I think I pulled those numbers out of like vanity because I'm very comfortable with the size I'm at right now. I'm not overly skinny. I don't look overly haggard. Because the truth is, is when you lose a lot of body fat, especially in your face, you start to look really um, haggardy. You'll look older. And I actually think I was a little prettier with a little more fat on my face. 
not going to lie. So I don't want to get too skinny. For me, it's not about how low can I go. It's really about how good can I feel. And that's something to really, really keep in mind. All right, so before we get started on today's topic, I do ask that you help me out a little. As everyone knows, I I do this for fun and because it's my therapeutic outlet during this journey. But if you could, please hit subscribe on whatever device you're listening to and please give me a rating. It helps tremendously as I try to get this platform up and running. Um, Listening-wise, I've really grown... With my listeners, I'm really getting a lot of downloads, but any little help you can give me, I truly, truly appreciate because I would like to keep doing this and I enjoy it. So if you enjoy it, please help me out. Hit subscribe. Give me a rating. You know, five stars. Always lovely. And follow me on Instagram because we're going to keep this going. We're going to keep talking about things. And as I come up on my one year anniversary, I'm going to do a lot of throwbacks to my journey throughout this progress. So with that being said, today I wanted to talk about 20 things that all bariatric patients, no matter your surgery that you chose, need to know. So number one, something that you hear about a lot is that you will always be cold after surgery. This is because your body goes into, it starts with your body kind of going into a starvation mode, so to speak, because you're on a liquid diet for so long. And I like to think the liquid diet is actually longer than the three weeks of just shakes that I was on. Ooh, excuse me. Um, because I did three weeks of just shakes, right? And a little bit of soup there at the end. But then I did a week of soft foods. Or I'm sorry, a week of pureed foods, which let's face it, is a liquid. And then soft foods. And then I got to try solid foods. So that was like five weeks of not real food. And... So your body kind of goes into the starvation mode, is trying to conserve as much energy as possible to help you absorb all the nutrients you can out of your limited intake. And then what that does is it affects your metabolism, right? So you're going to be cold for a while after surgery. And I was already naturally much colder, and I've always linked it to my anemia, the same reason I bruise so easily. But just be prepared that, like, the slightest breeze could give you goosebumps or traveling on an airplane. Like, again, airplanes are always cold. Now I take like a hoodie, a scarf. I'm wearing pants. I'm wearing full like sneakers with like long socks. Like I am layered up as much as possible. Every once in a while, I even have to put on a hat um, because those colder environments become almost unbearable sometimes. Now, the longer you go, the more your body will go back to its natural climate, but just be prepared for that first year at least. You're going to be cold. Uh, Number two, stay away from carbonation. I don't know how many times I have to say this. Just because you think you can go back to it and you think that once it no longer hurts, it's not affecting you, that is wrong. It is false. And I tell people all the time, if you're not willing to change your lifestyle, do not do the surgery because it is a forever change. So a huge question we always get leads me to number three. How long do you need to take off before you can go back to work? You can probably go back to work about seven to ten days after surgery. Take at least a week off. Most people will take two just to be precautious because you never know if you're going to have a, like any side effects or if something's going to... Um, if you're going to be that 1% where something goes wrong, 
Now, I work at home, so I went back after a week, and I just worked from my makeshift hospital bed on my couch. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you go back to, like, my recovery episode. But I just propped my laptop up up on a pillow, worked from home, totally fine. I probably could have gone back to work after, like, four days. So to each their own. We all heal a little differently. But if you're at a desk job, it's much easier to go back a little bit quicker. Number four, cauliflower becomes your new best friend. So as we all know, low carb is really recommended, especially as you're trying to get as much protein as possible, which takes a long, long time to train your body to be able to get the protein and take that you need and maybe go a little bit above that level because you always have to go protein first on your meals and then try to eat all of your other ingredients that you have or veggies, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So the reason cauliflower becomes your best friend is because a lot of people don't want to give up things like pizza. Um, You know, I found a cauliflower gnocchi in the store. It's interesting how much can be made out of cauliflower these days, but it's low carb, right? And it sometimes can make the same consistency as a potato product. Now, we all know it's not really the same, but I will say my love for cauliflower fried rice, I like to get the Whole Foods brand where it has um, veggies already in it, and you can fry it up real fast in some soy sauce, is delicious, totally low carb, and very much fulfills that need for like a little bit of Chinese. So definitely look at your like carb-like yet low-carb friendly options on things like cauliflower. There's a lot you can do with it. It's pretty much amazing. Squash is also another good thing to turn to to kind of fill that void of carbs because you can make zoodles, zucchini noodles, butternut squash noodles. Um, Yellow squash makes good noodles. Still starchy, but squash is full of so much water, you guys, that it's giving you all even more intake on your water. Don't count it in your intake, but just know that anything that is a natural vegetable like that, that is so, so full of water is going to be even better for you. And again, totally low carb and diet friendly. Number five, burping, hiccuping, and sneezing will happen. And those are the signs your body is full. Stop eating. Put the fork down once you start burping or hiccuping because your body is trying to make room. It's kind of trying to get that gas out of your teeny tiny little stomach. So this is where that mindful eating kind of comes into habit. You want to chew your food as much as possible because the digestion breakdown begins in your mouth. Fun fact, the better you chew it, the less gassy you'll be and the more nutrients you're going to break down and get out of your food. Number two, it slows your eating down. So you're not overeating and then uncomfortably stuffed. Every once in a while, I'll catch myself not chewing my food and within three bites, I'm full. And I'm like, oh, duh, I didn't chew. I took like a bite, chewed it three times and swallowed it out of habit. That's also another reason you should not drink water at the same time because one, it fills you up and two, it depletes some of that nutrients that you're going to get. Number six. Um, A big myth out there is that you can no longer drink from straws. That is a myth, and it is an old wives' tale from when they began bariatric surgery many, many years ago, and it was that if you drink out of a straw, you're putting more gas into your stomach than necessary. Fun fact, you swallow gas, a.k.a. air, 
whether you drink out of a straw or a cup. FYI, I promise you that you will be able to use a straw at some point and guzzle water. I can now take like four big guzzles of water and not feel full or sick or nauseous or wanted to come back up at nine months out. So at some point, you'll be able to kind of go back to drinking water that feels a little bit more familiar, but I do recommend not trying that right away. Let your body naturally get comfortable to it and sip, 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 sip. I'm going to make a bariatric shirt that just says sip, 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 bariatric warrior because it is so, so true. All right, number seven, one we all know To make the lifestyle work, you need to remain physically active. I know a lot of people who are like embarrassed to go to the gym, even though they've lost like 70 pounds. Let me tell you something. Everyone at the gym is overly concerned with their body. Everyone at the gym looks in a mirror and sees a flaw. That is why they are at the gym. They are working on something that will make themselves feel better. No one is judging you. No one. Everyone at a gym is there to make their own self feel more secure and centered. No one's going to judge you for going in. No one knows what your uh, low self-esteem or reason why you're in that gym is. You know who my favorite people are in the gym? The senior citizens who are lifting like the five-pound weights and they're giving it their all because they are there to keep themselves healthy. If they don't care... Why are you? Just a thought, number one. Number two, um, you can be physically active and never set foot in a gym. You can go on walks. You can get a treadmill. You can get a Peloton. You can do bar exercises or YouTube um, yoga videos. You don't have to go to a gym to be active. And if you have a dog or, like me, you have a husband, take him on a walk. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, there are so many reasons um, and ways that you can remain physically active and fit, which keeps your lifestyle in check and, by the way, makes you feel better because the more weight you lose, the more energy you're going to have. And I'm one of those people who, when I get too much energy wound up in me, I can't sleep. Uh, my anxiety goes over, like into overdrive. So being physically active is more than just about losing weight. It's really mentally and emotionally um, a huge help to you. So just consider that. Remember it. Number eight, things you cannot miss. Vitamins. I want to scream it to the rooftop. It is okay to try different types of vitamins. I, if something doesn't make me feel good or if I still can't stomach it after 30 days, I switch my brand, but I never miss my vitamins. My multivitamin has iron in it because I'm anemic. I have to take it at night before I go to bed and I have to lay down pretty much right after I take it because iron makes me so incredibly nauseous. I could not find a calcium pill with vitamin D that did not make me immediately want to hurl. So I switched to, excuse me, I switched to Alive gummies, calcium gummies with vitamin D. Blood work is off the charts through the roof. My vitamin D is higher than average, which my doctor said he's, he never sees. So find what works for you, but do not skip them. Do not miss them. If you have to set an alarm to do it, fine. It takes 30 days to make anything a routine. So I take my anxiety meds in the morning when I wake up. They're on my nightstand. And at night, I open my nightstand and go through my vitamin 
drawer and take my biotin. I take, um, uh, can't think of what it's called. Hold on. Let me go look at the bottle real fast and I'll be right back. Okay. I know you totally missed me. I take a vital proteins, um, hyaluronic acid boost because in Colorado, dehydration is no joke and my skin has shriveled up into dry, wrinkly, crinkly old lady skin. I take a melatonin. After one year, I'm going to add coconut oil supplements back in for my skin. But I, along with my calcium and my multivitamin, I don't go nuts. I don't take every vitamin under the sun. Because the truth is, is your body can, one, only absorb too much. And two, most vitamins have shit in there you don't need. So make sure your vitamin has the things your doctor is asking for, looking for, um, you can't just take any multivitamin. It really needs to be one that is geared toward bariatric patients. Number nine, this is one that is sad but true. You will experience depression and anxiety. For most people, it goes away. But there's a point during your weight loss where you just feel very almost like restricted or your weight is what's determining your worth or um, you know, I, I tell everyone that you have that oh fuck moment at some point within the first two weeks post-surgery because you're like, what did I do? It, it all goes away and it all gets better. And let me tell you, being physically active helps with that. The more you get out and move, the better your mood disposition will be. It is a fact. Now, I dealt with depression and anxiety before And I thought going into surgery that I was out of my depression hole. Like, I knew I was still struggling with anxiety, but I thought, nope, I'm no longer depressed. I'm I'm so happy. Oh, man, let me tell you the levels of depression that someone can go through. Looking back to where I was a year ago to right now, I'm a much happier person. I'm more confident. Yes, I still have some low self-esteem issues, but overall... I just feel better. And I don't even think that has to do with the weight loss. I think it has to do with the fact that I made a conscious decision to eat better. So I'm putting better food into my body. As you all all know, I like to get my nutrients from whole foods. Um, I don't like to use like prepackaged foods like Quest products or Amberry products or anything like that. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I believe in full natural nutrition. So A lot of that is my diet is cleaner. I'm getting better nutrients. I'm physically active all the time. I'm taking time to stretch. I'm taking time for self-care. I'm putting myself first. So did the weight loss affect my depression? Probably because now I'm more active and I probably wouldn't have been without that extra weight loss. But I'm also putting in all these other changes. So really kind of consider that. Don't get depressed and think, oh, it's not worth it. And just go back to your old habits because this is a major surgery you're having when you go into the bariatric world. And why put yourself through this if you're just going to give up? Everyone has bad days. Everyone has bad weeks. But it is okay to give yourself a little grace and pick yourself back up. Number 10, 100% Bariatric surgery is a tool. It will not fix everything within you. It is just giving you a platform to jump off of and begin your journey. Really, truly remember that because 
It is just one piece of the puzzle to changing your life. Everything else is up to you to add in the rest of those pieces and make that puzzle complete. So again, bariatric surgery is just a tool. It's really going to do the majority of the work for you the first 12 to 18 months. During that time, it is up to you to implement all of these other changes and really dig deep and find out who you truly are. All right, everyone, we have 10 more things to go over. But before we get back to that, I want to hear from you. Are you willing to tell your story? Do you have differing opinions? Have you found something else throughout your journey that I haven't gone over? Or do you have topics that you would just prefer I cover? Reach out to me. I'm on Instagram at Liz Route Official, Facebook, Liz Route Official, or my Gmail is info at gmail.com. Reach out to me. I want to hear from you. I want to hear your story. And We can set it up virtually. You don't have to come to my house or live in Colorado. Anywhere in the world, we can set up a Zoom and you can join me on one of my upcoming podcasts. Also, don't forget, April is Autism Awareness Month and I have autism acceptance on my website for shirts that go to support the Autism Society. It's extremely crucial that we accept autism and we aren't just aware of it, you guys. So for every one of these four shirts sold, that goes as to a donation to the Autism Society to make someone who has autism give them a brighter day tomorrow. So make sure that you are aware of this and make sure that you are talking about it, whether you buy one of my shirts or not, which, guys, it really goes a long way to help someone. But just be conscious of it because autism is not widely accepted. Children and adults are still not given the equal opportunities of others. And so April is Autism Acceptance Month now. So go to my website, lizroutofficial.com slash shop and look at the collection today. I have t-shirts, long sleeve shirts, a zip up hoodie, and a, a regular hoodie. So four ways to choose to give back and make sure that you are helping give someone else a brighter day tomorrow. Okay, so let's move right along to number 11. Tracking food is the key to your success. So everyone will tell you to use Berry, Berrytastic or some sort of app. Um, if, you know, if you're not technologically savvy or you don't like using an app, just use a good old-fashioned food journal. But really track what you eat because when you go into stalls, you know, we've talked about this You can look back at your habits and see what maybe you can cut out, what maybe you're overdoing. My doctor likes to tell the story of someone who came in and they had gained weight and they, well, they had started a new job and at work, part of the habit was that they took a Starbucks break. And so the drink she was getting was 500 calories and she was doing that five days a week. Well, that's 2,500 calories you're adding to your diet. To gain a pound or to lose a pound, you need to cut 3,500 out of your diet, right? Or 30, whatever, somewhere around there. So think about that because it all adds up, right? So by simply cutting that drink out of her diet or switching to like just a regular coffee or decaf coffee, she was able to drop the weight pretty quickly. So that is a big reason why to track your food because you might be in a stall and might think, oh, I'm doing everything perfectly fine, 
But it could be something as simple as maybe you're eating, you know, there's like protein chips out there, right? Or maybe you're drinking a little too much wine. Um, those, those processed things, it could be as simple as cleaning those out of your diet. And just focusing on pure, clean nutrition for a week will totally reset your program and your mind. So I got out of the habit of tracking my food and I went into a stall. True story. So when I came back from vacation, I thought, nope, mind body reset, started tracking my food, boom, lost three pounds. So it's it makes you more cognizant of what you're putting in your pie hole, so to speak. So just remember it, track your food. It's a huge key to your success. It's an easy habit to let slip over time, but it really is important. Number 12, also track your water and drink it. Drink your water. So a lot of people will say they can't drink plain water. I remember being in classes this time last year before my surgery, and someone was like, I always have to have a crystal light or something else to drink my water. Well, that's like pure sugar. Or fake sugar, which is even worse. So the quicker you get off of that, the better. Try putting in like lemon juice or a slice of orange or cucumbers, something like that into your water to naturally flavor it. And you'll find that the then going back to sweeter things or vitamin waters or crystal light will be too sweet the longer you go without that kind of thing. I have gotten into drinking herbal teas. I love, love, love coffee, but I have held myself to a two cup uh, maximum, which totally sucks. Not going to lie, because I could drink coffee all the live long day, but it dehydrates you, right? And caffeine is a stimulant. And now that it processes much more quickly in your teeny tiny little stomach, it can also give you diarrhea. Fun fact. So I switched to herbal teas which have no caffeine. They count towards my water intake. I found this brand called Yogi. This is not an ad. This is just something that I love. And they have so many different flavors and teas for different things, all herbal. There are a few um, caffeinated black teas, but overall, most of them are decaf. And there's a blackberry apple cider one that smells a lot like vinegar, but it does not taste like it. It's good for your digestion. So one of the things I wanted was to find more natural probiotics. Works great. It does not like overrun my intestines, does not give me dumping syndrome. I like to drink a cup at night before I go to bed. Totally works. Um, There's also a bedtime tea. I hate chamomile. I hate the smell of it. I hate the taste of it. So I found one that was uh, like a caramel. There is a stress relief one with cardamom and cinnamon. There is a lemon ginger one that's good for your gut health. There are all these different teas, and they might smell kind of potent, but they don't taste it because herbal can only be so strong. Um, You only steep them for about two minutes, steep the tea bag, and then I just take that cup with me and walk around the house. Even cold, it's still good, and it's a clever way for me to get some, some good nutrients into my body but also get my water intake in. Because I get bored of just regular water, too. I love it, and I'm very good about getting my water intake at at least a minimum of the 64 ounces. I was doing really good in getting, like, 100 to 120. Now I'm back up to our – I'm averaging, like, 80 ounces now. I'm working on getting back to 100. I started slacking, and I don't really know why. I guess I just quit thinking about it. But get your water intake. That's all I can say. Drink, drink, drink your water. 
Number 13 of the things you should know. Trust this process. Don't beat yourself up and stalls will happen. It might be a week. It might be two months. Stalls are going to happen because your body has to acclimate. It's not natural for someone to lose 30 pounds in a month. It's not natural for someone to lose 100 pounds in a year, especially without exercising, right? So your body has to acclimate. It has to adjust. It's trying to keep um, your nutrition intake on point. You know, a big reason why you lose your hair is because it goes into a resting phase because of um, a protein uh, drop. So just give yourself some grace. That's what you need to know. Don't beat yourself up live through the stall, track your food, be active, and just take the journey as it comes. Number 14 is really important to me. Um, What I did not realize going into this is that by sharing my journey, I could actually save someone else's life. I didn't know about bariatric surgery. I Well, I mean, I guess I knew about the bypass because you hear it so often. But I didn't know about the sleeve at all until someone mentioned to me that their mom had it in Longmont, Colorado. And I thought, huh, what is that? And because she told me about it, I researched it, discovered it would completely eradicate my sleep apnea and my pre-diabetic issues. Was my BMI on point? No. I was as low as I could be in the qualifications, but everything else was like through the roof. So by sharing my story, I have helped other people because I have brought this to the, f- the front light because a lot of people won't talk about bariatric surgery because they are embarrassed they have to get it. But some people really, truly need it, you guys. So I encourage you to share your story. Number 15, non-scale victories. Celebrate them. Celebrate those NSVs. We just recently talked about this. They are very important because not everything has to do with the number on the scale. Big, huge chunk of this process, this lifestyle, this journey is how you feel. How do you feel every day, every week, every month? Average those moments out, like in the things that suddenly you get like a little thrill, like, oh my God, my jeans are too big. That's an NSV, you guys. Or, oh my God, I I was able to go on a two-mile hike today. I couldn't have done that 60 pounds ago. Like, those are NSVs that you should celebrate and rejoice in because that means that you are improving your lifestyle, your mental state, um, and your emotional wellness. 16. Um, This one pains me to say it, but you have to avoid fried foods and you need to avoid white carbs. What does that mean? Things with white flour, regular pasta, I was comparing brown rice pasta, which I love and is gluten-free, to a whole wheat pasta the other day because I was like, I just want to make an Italian meal, but I want to do it in a smart way because I make a bomb red sauce, you guys. But So I compared the nutrition facts, and not only was the wheat pasta lower in calories, it was lower in carbs and higher in protein than the brown rice gluten-free pasta. So read your nutrition labels because not everything has to be low-carb or gluten-free, but it does need to be a good carb, something that takes longer to process in your body. I learned a long time ago to give up white flour and cook with, I'm sorry, bake with oat flour because 
the white overly processed chemicals such as like white sugar or white flour break down in your system extremely quickly. So there's no nutrients derived versus if you use a brown flour, a brown raw sugar, um, if you use like a molasses, a natural molasses, I might say, or agave versus sugar, those things take longer to break down in your body and you actually absorb more nutrients. So read your labels, um, but definitely start switching those things out. The minute you decide to go into the surgery, or even if you're just not doing a surgery, but you want to clean up your diet or your lifestyle, start making small switches. You don't always have to do the garbanzo bean pasta or the red lentil pasta. You can just do a wheat pasta. So just look at those things, because if you're going to make yourself something that feels like a cheat meal, but it's really still quite healthy for you, read your labels and make smart decisions. That's all I got to say about that. Number 17, guys, we're almost through the list. Be careful not to trade one food addiction for another addiction. This is called trans addiction or cross addiction, some might say it. So a lot of times people are addicted to sugar ahead of time, and they go through this process and suddenly they're addicted to working out. So... That's a cross addiction, guys, and it also leads to an eating disorder because overworking out is called exercise bulimia. I don't know if you knew that, but I did. So, or they'll start going for alcohol because they're looking for that feel-good trigger in their brain that sugar used to give them, and alcohol is a very slippery slope after bariatric surgery because not everyone reacts the same to it, so a lot of people just completely give it up. Which leads me to number 18, alcohol contains empty calories. Is it really worth it in the grand scheme of weight loss? I love my wine, but I I pick and choose when I allow myself to indulge because I was that girl before who would love a glass of wine every single day or in a bathtub or just it was part of my idea of what like relaxing was. I had to eradicate that type of thought in my brain. Wasn't easy, but I did it. Number 19, two more to go. Make healthy versions of your favorite foods. We kind of just talked about this with the whole pasta thing, but there are ways to supplement um, the idea of a cheat meal in your head. So maybe you love mashed potatoes, make mashed cauliflower, put some garlic salt in, in it, and it'll be delicious. Or you can make mashed cauliflower and put a little ricotta cheese in it delicious, you guys. It's absolutely delicious. Does it taste like potatoes? No, but it gives you that same sense of satisfaction. There are cookbooks all over the internet, um, recipes on Pinterest. You can go to Amazon and type in five ingredient bariatric meals and find ways to creatively cook good, healthy meals that maybe feel like a cheat meal. So easy, easy ways to do it. And number 20, when invited to a party, Make yourself a bariatric-friendly dish or eat before you go. This is one that I have to do a lot because we have these friends that always host um, parties, which I love. I love to go to, but the food choices are usually like potato chips or um, something that's just really not healthy. And so I will either make something to go with me. I'm notorious for bringing veggie trays wherever I go, but I'll also eat before I go. Like I'll eat a piece of fish or have a protein shake, something that makes me feel that sense of fullness so I don't have the snackies at a party. All right, guys, those are my top 20 things I think everyone needs to know. This week's podcast was a little long, but I appreciate you hanging through it, sticking in, and let's talk soon, shall we? 
Thank you for listening to this episode of Life with Liz.